0: Hello Nazareth community. My name is Genevieve Fontana and I am the undergraduate student assistant on the alumni engagement team, host of the Flyers in Focus podcast and freshman music therapy student. I'd like to welcome you to Flyers in Focus, a monthly podcast where we have a conversation with Nazareth alums about their time at Naz and what they are up to today. Our guest today is Melissa Wilkinson, a graduate from the class of 2017 and current toxicology PhD candidate at Rutgers University. Melissa has been and continues to be recognized for her achievements in research and being an exceptional woman in the field of toxicology. Working in a lung toxicity lab, she has an amazing opportunity to work closely and follow the COVID-19 pandemic her dream is to work in science policy and maybe one day work for an executive branch agency such as the CDC or EPA. Let's hear how Melissa's time at NAS continues to help her on her journey to her life's work. Enjoy. Hello, Nazareth community. My name is Genevieve Fontana, and today I will be interviewing Melissa Wilkinson, alum from the class of 2017. Thank you so much, Melissa, for speaking with me today. Thanks for having me. So we're going to start with some questions about your current position. So where do you work, and what are the main responsibilities of your position?
1: Yes, so I'm currently a PhD candidate at Rutgers University um i'm getting my phd in toxicology uh so basically on a day i've taken a bunch of classes and i've passed my qualifying exams so on a day today basically i'm just doing research in my lab uh to work towards getting my degree um uh, so i have my own project i work under um uh, my pi in my lab or principal investigator uh not private private investigator um and <laughs> Basically, I I do research to try and complete that degree so that hopefully someday I can have a doc doctor in front of my name.
0: <laughs> awesome. And for those who do not know, what is toxicology specifically?
1: Yeah. So toxicology is essentially the study of poisons. So things that you can take in that can harm you. So. Um, it's kind of the opposite of pharmacology where they look at like how drugs make you better. Toxicology is if you take too much of that drug, how does it hurt you? Or if you take too much of something, how is that going to affect you? So it's very much a yin and yang balance between toxicology and pharmacology.
0: Got it. And how did you become uh, interested in this field? Yeah, so
1: I... Um, have always really wanted to be a scientist ever since I think fourth grade. Um, I really wanted to be a, like a biologist, come like seventh grade. Um, I knew I really liked like the life sciences. Um, so I obviously went to college for biology at NAS. Um so but when I got there my advisor, it was like her first or second year, Doctor Stephanie Daniels. And she would, had just started the toxicology program. And I was like, I don't know, maybe. And she's like, oh, you should just get a, a minor in toxicology. It's only like two extra classes. Why not just go for it? So I did and I really liked it. Um, so then I, I made it a double major. Um, and then I got a summer internship doing ecotoxicology. So like toxins in the environment. Um, right before my senior year and at that point I realized I liked toxicology enough to want to pursue it and continue my higher education in that field. That's
0: great and now look where you are. (laughs) What is a typical day or week like for you on the job or as a student?
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah so it was a little different when I first started. Um, so when I first started graduate school, I had a lot, not a lot of classes, maybe like two or three classes a semester. Uh, so I spent a lot of time studying, um, but I also had to balance my, uh, my workload. So I also was rotating in different labs to see which one fit me best. Um, and as I progressed on, I started studying less, doing more things in the lab. Um, and now that I'm past my qualifying exams, I don't have to take classes um anymore I do take classes because i I like to learn um, but usually my my day to day i I come into lab and I'm analyzing data or I'm running experiments um, it all depends on the day um, what I'm actually doing sometimes I'm taking care of animals sometimes I'm uh running different essays and experiments. And sometimes I'm at my computer just reading papers to try and come up with what I want to do next. So it can be very variable.
0: Sounds super exciting. (laughs) And what do you like most about your current position?
1: Um, So I, I very much enjoy being a more senior graduate student now. I feel like I have more of a grasp on what I'm doing and where I stand in the lab and I enjoy the fact that I can use my knowledge to mentor other students that are coming through to help make their graduate experience a little bit easier. It's always a little hard, but um just knowing that I have knowledge that I I would have liked to have had when I first came into the lab um I think has been one of my favorite parts is sharing that and then even to people who aren't in my lab just sharing my general experience like maybe don't stress out as much about that test because it's not the end of the world sort of thing. Yeah. So I I've been enjoying kind of taking on more of a leadership role in my program.
0: Great. What are some challenges that you face? Yeah. Um
1: so I think one of the biggest challenges that I I face now is that I am still in school. Um I'm 26 and a lot of the people who graduated with me all have jobs, or they're buying homes, or they're getting married and starting families. Um, I know I'm still young, but that's that seems to be where everybody's going. Um, And I'm still in school. So sometimes you can feel like, oh, maybe I'm not moving fast enough. Maybe I'm not progressing forward fast enough. And I have that conversation with my boss all the time. And he quickly reminds me that I am 26 and do not need to do any of those things right now um, but on a more um like surface level I guess um I I struggle sometimes with coming up with uh like the next step in my research um I'm getting towards the end so now I have to do a lot more independent thinking um as opposed to someone being like here's this project go crazy um so I I have to come up with my own ideas and that can sometimes be a little bit daunting because you're like, oh, what if my idea is not good enough? What if um, the greater world doesn't think that this thinks that this is a stupid idea or something like that? Sure. Yeah. Um, so like gaining that confidence
0: in my field, it, it's been kind of challenging, but I we're getting there slowly but surely. <laughs> are there any important projects that you are currently or recently have worked on? Yes. Yeah, so um, I am
1: currently working on um, a a project involving um, pulmonary fibrosis in chronic in a chronic model, so long term. So people with pulmonary fibrosis, um, they basically have scar tissue in their lungs, and it can be caused from a multitude of different things. So breathing in asbestos is a common one that people know about. Um, Breathing in dust, breathing in um, a lot of environmental toxins. But you can also get it from taking your chemotherapeutics, and you can get it from having rheumatoid arthritis. And uh, you can get it from um, after a pneumonia. Sometimes people develop this. And after COVID, sometimes people uh, could develop this. So um, basically my research is trying to stop that scarring from happening. Uh so I have a new compound that I I give to um I give to try and stop that process from occurring in mice um and so far things have been promising I've already looked at it in in acute models so like 7 days of injury with my compound to try and make inflammation less um so those have been pretty exciting for me Um, I've also gotten to work a little bit on uh, a COVID vaccine, Um, so I've been doing a little bit with um, some analysis of some data for that with a lab in uh, the University of Pennsylvania. So I've gotten to do a lot of collaborations lately.
0: Amazing work! So then we'll take this part and we'll talk a little bit about COVID and how your job aligns with um, the COVID-19 pandemic. So can you tell me? what you have done in regards to covid you talked about it a little bit and how does your position align with the covid-19 pandemic yeah so
1: i i have been um following covid pretty closely since it started um being in a in a lung a lung toxicity lab i wasn't sure it was going to be this extensive and it, it turns out it definitely is um so basically I, I kind of have a general idea of what's going on with COVID because I understand the lung immune system and nobody really actually knows what's going on. Just like when people put information out there, I've been pretty good at ciphering it. Um, yeah. but my, my lab has gotten pretty heavily involved, which has been nice because that means I was able to come in to the lab during all of this, um, stay at home. Uh orders where other people may not have been able to, which so I've been very privileged and lucky to be able to do that. but um people in my lab have been working with covid patient ventilators and looking at the cells that are in those ventilators um and i i like I said before, I've gotten to look at the a little bit with the vaccine stuff um and I myself have been looking at lung injury for so long that it all kind of ties in maybe someday. My research will help people who suffered with COVID if they start to, uh, developing interstitial lung diseases and pulmonary fibrosis. Um, that would be awesome. Hopefully they don't develop those things, but if they do, hopefully. Well, you're there
0: if they do. <laughs> Your research yeah. is there,
1: which is awesome. And, and I've also been trying to be a communicator of science to other people who might not necessarily be scientists. So I, I've been on the TweetCast which is uh, a podcast run by another NAS alum. Um and I am an Eagleton Science Policy uh not a Eagleton Science Policy Fellow. I'm an Eagleton fellow and I was an aspect science policy fellow. Um and through those two roles I have learned a lot about uh communicating science. I wrote an op ed for my local paper about how we can keep some of the changes we've made during COVID to prevent the next pandemic. Um, And I've gotten to talk with my colleagues uh, about the whole coronavirus and what we can
0: do to try and keep ourselves safe. And that's been a really cool thing for me. That's awesome. I mean, we appreciate so much how you are giving your message to the Nazareth community and how you're just spreading the word. So that's really great. So have you gotten a vaccine? I have. I'm not in the correct
1: group to get the vaccine in New Jersey yet. Um, I get very jealous of all of my New York friends who seem to be getting the vaccine way faster than me, but I I will get it as soon as New Jersey says that there are vaccines for me to take. Um, I wouldn't want to jump in line because I know there are a lot of people who need it a lot more than I do, but I'm definitely itching to get the vaccine. Me too. <laughs>
0: and do you have a preference of a type of vaccine you would want to receive?
1: Um, I don't. I don't have a preference. I think I would take any of them if they were offered to me. I was joking with my mom, and I was like, if the doctor came up to me on the street and was like, would you like this vaccine? I'd be like, here, sure, um, <laughs> <laughs> which is totally a joke. Don't take drugs from people off the street, but uh, I, I think it would be cool to get one of the Pfizer-Moderna vaccines because they're RNA vaccines and we haven't had one like that. So it would just be cool to be like, say that I got that one. Um, But the J&J vaccine also is a single dose. So there's also benefits to that. But I mean, any vaccine at this point would be wonderful (laughs) to not have to worry as much.
0: Yes. And can you explain a little bit how the vaccines work to your knowledge? Yeah. So... I know a lot
1: more about the Pfizer and Moderna vaccine. So that vaccine is an RNA vaccine. And RNA is basically in all of our cells, um, and it's how we make proteins in our cells. And you need proteins in your cells to do all the the many things that your cells do. So our cells are – they're not the smartest. And when we have this RNA – Um, when we inject it in the vaccine, it's carried in these little vesicles to your cells and your cells see it and they're like, Oh, what is this? It's RNA. Uh, we better just make copies of this and we better, uh, translate it into proteins. Um, and the RNA that's in the vaccine is actually for the spike protein on the coronavirus. So the spike protein doesn't hurt us. It just is a part of the virus that kind of tells it where to go and what to do once it's in our body. So, When our cell makes this protein and sticks it on the outside of its uh, cell membrane, your immune cells are like, guys, what is happening here? What is this thing? And they they don't recognize it. And they're like, we need to get rid of this immediately. (laughs) So they take care of it. And then they tell your memory cells, hey, guys, listen, we just saw this. Um, If we see it again, we need to just make sure we get rid of it. So your cell can launch that immune response without it being a dire situation. So you don't have, you're not in panic mode. You get rid of the the couple that you see here and there. It's not hurting you. But then the next time when the actual virus comes and it's trying to hurt you, your immune cells are equipped to deal with that. They can get rid of it more efficiently. They don't have to freak out. (laughs) So that's how, in in essence, that RNA vaccine works. I don't know as much about the Johnson & Johnson vaccine,
0: though. <laughs> that was great. I love your description. <laughs> yeah, thank you. And what is your message, or do you have a message, for the NAS community facing the coronavirus and what they can do in their everyday lives? Yeah, I know that
1: it has to be tough. Um I mean, even at Rutgers, it's tough. Um There's nobody on campus here. I mean, it's amazing that you guys have gotten to go back even in the limited capacity, and I would say just you gotta stick through it because it sucks right now, and it's hard to do online classes i've I've found it very hard to do online classes too, and you just once you get through it and you get to that normal nas environment, and I'm sure you guys you guys have had so much stuff to try and make it as normal as possible. But once you can start, like, going to the quad and hanging out in big groups again, like having junior-senior picnic or freshman-sophomore picnics, like, it's so worth it. So if you're safe right now and you're doing all the right things right now, the sooner that that's going to come and the sooner that you can be a big community again and not have to do everything so uh, together but apart. And that's just just be safe for now.
0: <laughs> yeah, <And> definitely. Hopefully... <laughs> I'm definitely grateful how Naz is handling this. So that message was great. Yeah. Now we're just going to talk about your education at mm-hmm. Nazareth. What skills have you gained from your education at Nazareth that has prepared you for your current role?
1: So Naz definitely made me a more independent human being, which is probably the biggest skill I think you can get from going to college is I, I learned what I needed to do to achieve what I needed, what I wanted to achieve. So I, NAS helped me. Obviously I had my, my core curriculum and I had my, my major classes and my minor classes. But it was more than just going to class and I mean half the time just sucking in all the knowledge and regurgitating it on a test. It was the connections I made with faculty who helped me to apply to graduate school. It was my swim team who taught me about the power of being on a team and being able to rely on others in your group to help you move forward. And it was being in the Senate and realizing what a big contribution you can make on a larger community. So, I mean, those were all things that I hadn't really thought as much about in high school. I was a little bit more individual. So, having that giant support system and learning to lean on other people and to help other people move up with you, um, has, was one of the greatest things I think I learned from Naz.
0: Yeah. So our last question is, what advice would you give to a current student at Nazareth College? Ooh, current is so hard. Um,
1: (laughs) I, (laughs) I, I would say that to be open to everything. Um, I don't know a sing- a single person who I went into NAS with who came out doing the exact same thing that they went in with. Um, I went in, I was like, oh, I'm just going to do biology and the honors program, and that's it. Um, and I came out with two majors and five minors, which sounds like a lot. <laughs>
0: it sounds crazy. Um,
1: but I know... And they're very, very interconnected, but um I, like my roommates, uh, two of, one of them came in undecided and then like thought about biology and then ended up being polit- political science and legal studies. Another one of my friends was, uh, bi- music business and like ended up doing business and now is like doing communications. So, it's, every, everything, there's so many opportunities, so like don't be afraid to change what you think is best because it might what you think is best might change so don't be like so set on something and always try like the club try be in the senate be in student government like just do as much as you can because you might find something that is amazing and you just never thought of it before
0: yeah so nazareth community I want to let you know that you can connect with Melissa on Flyer Connect if you have any questions. She's definitely a wealth of knowledge. So thank you again, Melissa, for taking the time out of your schedule to be with us today and to educate us about COVID-19. And just talk to us about your position, which is just amazing work. So thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you again to Melissa Wilkinson for sharing her story and for your dedication to teaching individuals about COVID-19. The Nazareth community sincerely appreciates your expertise and advice in making the best of our current situation so we can get through this together. Be sure to check out our Instagram at Nazalumni for pictures that Melissa shared with us and to learn more about the amazing things she is working on. You can also watch our full conversation with Melissa on the Nazareth YouTube channel and view this podcast on Spotify, Podbean, and SoundCloud. We thank you all for listening. Remember, you can contact Melissa on Flyer Connect if you have any additional questions or if fellow alums would like to reconnect. Tune in next month for our next episode of Flyers in Focus. I'm your host, Genevieve Fontana, and remember, every day is a good day to be a Golden Flyer. Thank you for listening.